Migrate the church in the wonderful name of, of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Can we jump straight to Isaiah 66, verse 11? That is not our message for today, but I just want, as I'll be continuing with our message, for you to just have that question at the back of your minds. It says in my version, drink deeply of it, glory, even as an infant drinks at his mother's comforting breasts. How great is that? My question to all saints today is, how deeply are you drinking from the word of God? Are you drinking deeply enough? As the word says. And if you are drinking deeply enough, are you reaping the rewards? And if for one or more reasons you're not reaping the rewards, you consistently pray, but you don't seem to be getting those answers, then I'm tempted to say, maybe you're not drinking deeply of the word. All right. My message today stems directly from 2 Timothy 1 7. If you're all there, it reads For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but that of power, love, and self discipline or self-control. My question today is, are you fearful? Are you a fearful Christian? Are you exercising that power that we have just read about? Do you have love? And do you have self-control? Firstly, I would like to start by dealing with fear. I want to first go to the dictionary to try and understand the definition of fear. I know you know what fear is. It's fine. You can relax. We know what fear is. But let's go into the dictionary just to get an understanding of what that is. It says... It's a very unpleasant or disturbing feeling caused by the presence or imminence thereof of danger. That statement by itself just scares me. It's not nice. So, as I was preparing, I thought, okay, let's, let me replace certain words here so that this definition can appeal to me as a Christian. And I removed the danger at the end. Unpleasant, I said, no, no, let's deal with pleasant. We are children of God, again. We can't be unpleasant. So, I, I, I removed that. And then disturbing feeling, I said, no, 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 
Let's not deal with disturbing feeling. Let's rather have joyful feeling. Because God is about love, joy, and happiness. But remember, there are certain things as a Christian that you have to do in order to experience those benefits. Most of us currently are besieged in fear, unhappiness, hurt, because we do not understand that which God has promised us. Or we're not exercising it at least. So, after I've changed all those negative words, my definition now reads like this, and obviously it's no longer fear. It's joy now in the Lord. It's happiness. A very pleasant or joyful feeling caused by the presence or imminence of God's love. How wonderful is that? Amen. Amen. Right. Let's try and understand it a bit more. Psalms 27, 1 to 4. If you are there, it says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. So why should I be afraid? It answers the question. He is your light. He is your salvation. Why then are you still fearful? What are you fearful of? What is your mind therefore feeding from? Definitely it's not feeding from the word. My brother, if it's feeding from the word, you will not be fearful. Definitely not. Then it's definitely feeding from your natural senses. Your natural body. And as a Christian, you cannot afford to let your mind feed from your natural body. You cannot afford that. But by feeding that mind with the word of God, which promises you happiness, joy, I can assure you, you will experience no fear in your life. Instead, you will experience the opposite. Goes on to say, the Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger. So why should I trample? If you are trampling, Zalwani, now I'm sure you already know why you are trampling. That is not your space. Move out of that space. That is not your space. Let those who live in the world play in that space. For it is not your space. First uh, John four eighteen. In my vision, it says, "There is no fear in love, 
but perfect love drives out fear. And we all know that we have got perfect love from God. Then why is it not driving out fear? Have we created in our lives a conducive environment within which God can operate? No, we haven't. We haven't. That's why it says here, <clears throat> there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. So usually when we are fearful, is because you are about to do something that is not right. Why would you be doing something that is not right as a Christian if you're feeding from the weight? Because the weight is all about doing right. Those are the questions that we need to grapple with this morning. It goes on to say, the one who fears is not made perfect in love. How can you be perfected by God if your life is still full of your strongholds? Bazalwani, all of us uh, come from different experiences. At least I know about mine. Uh, before you were born again, there were many things that you subjected your life to which you're not proud of, of course. I'm not proud of that life, and I don't want to go back there. Do you want to go back there? Benjamin, I heard a loud no there. <laughs> was it that bad? <laughs> don't worry. Ours was even worse. So, yeah. But we are good. We are in the Lord now. He's protecting us. He has given us love. But... Why are we not taking advantage? Why are we still living like those that are living in the world system? Why is that? Why are we holding ourselves bondage? When we are supposed to be freed from our bondage. In fact, we have been freed from our bondage. We are just not exercising that freedom. Amen? Let's allow God's perfect love to drive away those fears. If you fear God, listen to this. If you fear God, you have nothing else to fear. Those demons that you are fearful of are nothing. The only person you need to be fearful of is your God. Because as we know in the scripture, it even says... Uh, the beginning of knowledge is the fear of God. So ideally, it tells us that if you fear God, then everything else that you're going to be doing after fearing God will be in line, will be perfected. As a result, that fear will automatically be driven out of your system. You won't be part of the world system anymore. Your friends who used to do the things that you did before you got born again, will actually want to become part of that which you believe in. Yeah. 
Isn't that what we're trying to do? Yeah. It, it, it brings a question into my mind, Ramzalwani, since you have been born again, how many people have you brought onto the Lord? How many people? How long have you been born again? Is, is your life so bad that no one is interested in <laughs> becoming born again? Are you full of hatred? If so, why? Because God has given you perfect love and continues to do so. Why can't you extend that love to those around you? Amen? In Genesis 15:1 The word of God says God will protect us so we have got his protection wherever we are. Whatever we do, we have got his protection. But are we at least meeting him halfway by just reading his word, which will eventually convict us to doing right? You know, the solution from what we have read thus far seems very simple. And if you imagine the efforts the efforts that it takes to do the wrong things that we do, really. Some will even catch a taxi to Devon only to be disappointed there. Do you need that in your life? We don't need that. But the Bible says, just by opening the Bible and reading the word, that will align our steps with what God wants. And in return, we've already read what the benefits will be. What the benefits are. They are good. I love them. And that's a motivation enough for me not to do the wrong things. And I can't imagine anyone sitting here enjoying always having to kneel down and repent. Kneel down and ask yourself, why did I do that? Why did I have to go through that? Don't I wet my life enough? The things we subject ourselves to. And the sad part is we know we're supposed to at least know better. I'm using that term with caution. We're supposed to at least know better. I could have simply said we know better. But clearly, if we're still grappling with the things that we're grappling with, 
it begs a different question. And it's a sad story. I'm not trying to scare anyone, but it's reality. We have got to deal with these things at some point. Ignorance is not going to help us. In Genesis 46, 3, it says God will not forget us. And indeed, he, never for, he will never forget you. He will never forget you. Psalm 25, 12. I'm sorry, I'll just go a bit quicker because of time. Uh, this is just for additional reading. We should fear God. We have already been exposed to that. That's the only person we need to be fearful of. You can't be fearful of your boss. No, you can't. In fact, if you read the word and understand the word, your boss should be fearful of you. When you enter that office, he needs to see that the Son of God has entered here. Yeah? Something should change in that space. Something should change in that environment. But is it like that at the moment? Are you seeing that? Psalm 46, 1 to 3. God strengthens us. He gives us strength in our weaknesses. You see, often, married people will know this, often you, you're faced with challenges in your marriage and you find, uh, you find us running to our friends for counsel. What counsel are you going to get from a friend? Have you ever at least tried, when you're going through those problems or challenges, have you ever tried to kneel down? Forget about your friends. They're not important, remember. Forget about your friends. Just kneel down. Have you ever tried it? Just kneel down and ask God for the solution. Because clearly, when you run to your friends, you have run out of ideas. God never runs out of ideas. Amen? He never runs out of ideas. We're just not utilizing him enough. And one thing is for sure, he can't be overutilized. Never. Just try it. Kneel down and pray and see what will happen. Hopefully that would be the beginning of your knowledge in what God can do for you and for your life. Amen? Amen. Psalm 91 verse 5 We do not need to fear darkness or violence. Psalm 112 verse 7 says we do not need to fear bad news. You know, often when you receive a phone call and someone tells you your relative has passed on, you know, will cry and all those things. The Bible says we shouldn't be fearful of those things. 
Because often when we feel weak in our hearts, that's when bad things are bound to happen. That's when we are susceptible to being held bondage by our strongholds. Because they're always waiting for that moment when you're done and out. And they'll seize that moment with both hands. And the next thing you'll be saying, God does not answer my prayers. You know, I pray every day, I pray every night, but nothing seems to, to be happening in my life. Meanwhile, we, we just let our guards down. Let's not allow uh, the evil one to play with our thoughts. Let's envelope our minds with the word. That in itself will arrest chances of him, the evil one, playing with our thoughts. We will not even entertain them. Now I go back to our title. <clears throat> it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power. I'll stop there for now and deal with power. The power that God has given us as his children is immeasurable, Bazalan. If only we can just understand it. It's immeasurable. It's immeasurable. You know, those who have experienced it will tell you. Sometimes you'll be in church, people giving testimonies. I used to be like that. People will talk about how good God has been to their lives. How he has prospered them. But you know, Esmzalwani, you pray every night, you ask God for this and that, and you have never experienced any of those things. I know that feeling. You're like, what are they talking about? What are they talking about? You know those testimonies. People have been healed, this and that. But you had someone in your family that hasn't been healed, and you have prayed consistently. You have asked for financial breakthroughs, but nothing happened. I used to sit down and say, guy, what are you talking about? Why am I not experiencing that? But then again, it backed a question in my mind to say, no, 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 forget about him. What are you doing in your private space? You know, it's easy in life to blame the next person. But what are you doing in your private space? That is the question you need to be asking yourself. Forget about someone else. They're not going to live your life for you. They're not going to help you live your life. You are going to have to live your life. So that sort of opened up my mind to say, maybe there's a lot that I'm doing wrong. But I'm a natural being. There's always that temptation to say, ah, no, they are lying. 
But you see, when you read the word, you know they are not lying. You'll just know that you are doing something wrong. Or you're not doing something. So I started reading the word. At least to be able to one day do the same thing. And what I know is God is good. He will prosper you. He will heal your sicknesses. He will give you breakthroughs. You must just understand how to get them, how to get hold of them. Psalm 60 verse 12, if we can all go there. With God's help, we will do mighty things. For he will trample down our force, our enemies. Most of the time as Christians, we think wrestling. we can fight our enemies. No, you can't fight them. Remember, it's not even them. It's the spirit in them. You can't fight the spirit. But your God can. In fact, he will win those fights for you. Amen? Who's, who's the enemy in your life currently? I'm sure most of us, well, at least those who are honest will say many. Why do we have enemies? With what we have already read. There's no need. Let's just live our lives right. Those people who thought we were their enemies will actually... Let, let's divert the problem back to them. Let them ask themselves... You see, sometimes those people whom you think you are enemies with or are your enemies, those people are just sent into your life just to distract your faith. Hence, many times we are unable to achieve that which God has for us in store. Because we are concentrated, we concentrate our energies, our efforts in fighting the wrong battles. Just take that time that you spend thinking about how bad that friend is. Just take that time and read the word. And see the results. Isaiah forty twenty nine. 
I love this. It says, he gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Amen? How great is that? Just as you thought you were weak and powerless, he says, my strength is there with you. Use it. Use it. Are you using that strength that you have within you? Remember, by virtue of you being born again, you adopted that strength with you. It's part of your DNA. It just, it's just waiting for you to unleash it. Just like when you unleash a dog for a fight. Just unleash it to do mighty things for you on your behalf. That's all you need. You know, we are favored because not everyone has that privilege. Not everyone has that privilege, but we do. So the spaces that we walk in, the people we interact with, need to be able to see the difference between you and anyone else. But are they seeing that difference? Let's look at Mark 11 from 20 to Can, can someone read it for us in NIV version? Amen. You know, I've heard that scripture many, many, many times. Many, many, many times. But I also know that many times we pray, but the things that we ask for or are looking for at least just don't manifest. So when things like that happen, I've learned that I just need to do self-introspection. Instead of looking outside, let, let me rather look inside. And many times I found that on that day, 
going back. I hadn't at least been reading the word the way I should have. You know, God Sundays, uh, you buy your city press, your Sunday Times, or whatever newspaper that you like. Uh, or Basadi, Baba will buy the drum magazines and stuff. From page one to the last page. Yeah, some in a day. But the way that gives life seems to be too hard to read. There is our answer, there is our problem. How long do we want to live like that? Continually asking ourselves what the problem is. Why isn't God coming through for me? Instead of testifying to our friends to say, God has been so great in my life. For the past year, this is what I've attained. This is what he has done for me. Because he does. He does prosper us. He does. Whew, um. Acts 1 verse 8. It says, Christians receive power from the Holy Spirit. As I asked earlier on, how long have you been born again? How long has this, this, the, your power been working for you? The one that you received from the Holy Spirit, if at all. Romans 8, 1 to 14. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit, listen to that, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. It has freed you. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirements of the law would be fully satisfied for us. Who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the spirit. Can I just cut it short there? because of time. So it's clear, Bazalan, wherever you read, that our problem is not that God does not want to uh, answer our prayers. Our problem is we're not investing enough time in understanding his promises for our lives. As a result, we, as a result, we don't know how to claim those promises. Ephesians 6.17 Again, it echoes what I've just said. The Bible is our powerful weapon. The word is the only weapon we have 
to fight our adversaries. Amen. I'm very mindful of time and I realize I've literally run out of time. But God is good. I'll just continue on my heading again to move on to the next aspect. We are dealing with power again. The next aspect which is love. Not that love, uh, young ones, not that one. God's love. Yes. Exodus 26. But I lavish my love for a thousand generations on those who love me and obey my commands. So if you love God and obey his commands, you have got his love. And we know his love will set us free all the time. Romans 8, 35 to 39 Anyone who has found it can read it for us. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity? Or are persecuted? or hungry, or destitute, or in danger, threatened with death. As the scriptures say, for your sake, we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, is the answer. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. So despite all the challenges that we, you may be going through, all the tribulations, all the storms in your life right now, he loves us and you are a victor because of that love. You just have to believe it. It's yours. You don't have to work for it. It's yours. Just claim it. It's your victory. And I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, nor even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Wow, that's powerful. No power in the sky above or in the earth below 
Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen? Don't feel destitute at all. Don't feel destitute at all. You know there are points in, in our lives where you feel helpless. Ready to give up. That is when you need to be reading these kind of scriptures. That will reinforce that faith that you have. Remember, when you accepted him as your Lord and Savior, it's because you knew you needed him. Now you have got him. You can't allow your life to still be held, held captive by that previous life. You have been redeemed from that. Amen? Amen? Okay, I'll quickly run to our last point. We talks to self-control or self-discipline. The last part of that, our main scripture. The question I have, therefore, Bazalwan, is do you have self-control? Do you have self-discipline? In the morning, in traffic, do you utter those, well, yeah, no, I've got my answer. <laughs> you see, those temptations are the little things that we need to keep in our spiritual walk with Christ. Our utterances, our actions, our conduct, our ways, Because those things define you as a Christian to everyone else that is around you. I would love to know that those who knew me before and those that know me now, when they see the way I conduct my life, they would be proud. of the God that I serve. And that in itself will encourage them to want to know him. And how fulfilling can that be? To know that through your actions, someone's life has been saved. How great can that be? Can we read 1 Corinthians 10.13? The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptations to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. The moment you come across those temptations, to say, you know those bad things that we, we, lie, we sometimes say, just remember that that is the evil one trying to 
get you to think to yourself, oh, I thought I was Christian, yet I'm still able to allow such words to come out of my mouth. I still allow myself to act in the way that I act or used to in the past. I always say, I'm not going to waste even a breath pleasing the evil one. It's not worthy. I'm not. Rather spend every second of my time pleasing my God. For he's good and he's worthy. Amen. Matthew 12, 36 talks exactly about that. Self-control involves controlling our speech. Because you know, our, our tongue, a, a tongue that's not tamed, and I suppose you can only tame it by the word, by reading the word and understanding the word, is dangerous. You can say things. The moment you say something and tomorrow you feel, if only I can take it back. Then that calls for something very, very important. We need to guard against that. We need to seriously guard against that as Christians. Because those are strongholds that will actually take down your faith. And we can't allow that to happen. Okay, if, as I'm lending it, can we just go to Psalm 23? The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. For you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. And if the church can just repeat the next few lines after me. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I'll live in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Thank you.